Hi, and welcome to the Birds and Bees podcast. I am your white cisgender. Um, uh, oh, God, I, I'm sorry. My brain is quick today, people. White cisgender, neurotypical uh, privileged host. And you are listening to the Birds and Bees, all about people who are outside of the bullshit heteronormative binary. And I'm very excited for my guest today, Ms. Hermie Hope. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it very, very much. Yeah. You are an entertainer. You are a singer. You've been doing performance slash drag for 20 plus years, all in the little town of Albany. <laughs> and Correct. yes, and you're, uh, you're so, I've not had a chance to see you perform, but I have seen clips online and you are so much fun. You can't have Thank a bad you. time when Carmi's around. I would agree with that. So I, I, when we had talked in our pre-interview, you had said there was a pretty clear delineation between your regular life and your performance life. Yes. And do you feel like, is there like a little Carmi switch that you flip? Like, okay, gonna, gonna get into it, gonna be present for the audience. I'm gonna sing. And forget about nine to five life, or is it, or has it bled? Have the two kind of merged, or because I think it's the latter. I I, I yeah. think they've merged so much so now after twenty two years, um, it's it's no longer Carmi Hope has infected my soul as she has everyone else's, <laughs> and I'm thankful for that because I was I could be a curmudgeon. I come from a, a very strong. Um, paternal curmudgeon and uh, so that's very strong within me as is um, and my, I lost my mother a number of years ago before I even started oh. track oh. but um, I uh, I have a lot of her in me too but unfortunately until I really started doing drag even as a gay man I was always a bit of a curmudgeon I still had that um, my father's influence on me even though I am my own being, we're we're still influenced by um, the makeup that uh, we are. It's not just oh, on yeah. our face; it's in our bodies as well. So um, I think it, it really did become a um, at at um, in the very beginning, though. So mm -hmm. it was a switch. It was a literal okay, click, Carmi's on, <laughs> and I had to go against um, a lot of my own feelings. Um, for instance, a big one uh, was always um, I could never get excited over the new AIDS cocktail because everyone that I knew and loved died from AIDS. Yeah. And and then years later, they came out with this cocktail that saved a lot of lives. I didn't know a lot of people before I became Carmi Hope. So I was kind of like unimpressed and couldn't. I had this laissez-faire kind of blah attitude towards the advances in, in HIV medicines. But after I, you know, became Carmi Hope and I met all these wonderful people suffering with HIV and, and um, living because of this cocktail, I was, it, it really did change who I was, but it took Carmi to do that, you know, to change everything, not everything, obviously, <laughs> but you know, a lot of things in me. Um, so I am no longer a curmudgeon. It is no longer an act. <laughs> I am Carmi. <laughs> Carmi is myself. I, I'm going to ask you a very basic question. Where did the name Carmi Hope come from? 
Well, I'm sure you must get that asked a lot. I'm sorry. Well, I always I... explain it in a show. I typically will wow. explain, you know, you know, the drag formula is um, and the and the porn formula is your pets, your first pet's name in the street that you grew up on. That's mm-hmm. how people get their uh, persona names. But for me, Carmi is a nickname, is my nickname. I, I got when oh. I first came out from all my friends, They uh, two of them had nicknames, Missy and Trixie. And yes. we were sitting up at the kitchen table early one Sunday morning, like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, and got <laughs> Yeah, right. We hadn't even. So, right. And, uh, and uh, Trixie says, you need a nickname. And so he thought about it and he thought about it. He's like, I'm going to call you my sister, Carmela. And uh, that's what my nickname was. So anytime they wanted to, you know, they called me, it was my sister, Carmela. <laughs> and, uh, and then it got shortened because that was too much to say to Carmela. And I would answer to that. Like, I remember one time at um, Colony Center, somebody was yelling at their daughter, Carmela. And I turned around, you know, because I thought, <laughs> oh, somebody's calling me. But no. And then even that got too much to say. So they whittled it down even further to just simply Carmi. And um, so when I be- started doing drag, I wanted to just be known as Carney. Cher didn't have a last name. Madonna didn't have a last name. I don't need a last name. You don't and then need one. I you didn't. really don't. <laughs> I didn't until 9-11. And then we had a, a huge, my drag mother and two dear drag friends. We met at the Gateway Diner. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So we met at the gateway for an emergency drag meeting on the evening of September 11, 2001. And I said at that time, I said, I've decided I'm going to take the last name and I want to use I didn't want to take my drag mother's name of Carmi Love. So I said, I want to use the name Hope uh, because of this day. And so, you know, it was agreed upon that I would be known as Carmi Hope from that point on. And um even then in 2001, it was still an act for me though. It, it you know, because it was new. I, I, yeah. I had started in nine, uh, 1999, June 13th, 1999. And so 2001 was still kind of new for me as a person to um, have this incredible influence that's been um, really um, heart changing, uh, life changing for me because of yeah. all the um, effects that Carmi Hope has had on so many <laughs> others. So it's, it's infectious. I love that. She's no, infectious. she is. She's got this wonderful spirit. Very much reminds me of um, the ladies who lunch in Elaine Stritch. Uh-huh. And you're, you're a Broadway baby, right? That's what you oh, grew totally. up on, musicals, dancing, totally. Doris Day. Yes. Not so much 50s stars, so much as Doris Day. I didn't even know who Judy Garland was until I came out. So I was more um, Broadway show tune, original albums. That's what I grew up on, you know, Sound of Music and uh, not the movie version, the Broadway version and West Side Story and all those great old um, original cast albums. That's what I grew up on, you know, company and all those. So uh, and then I would, you know, dance in my yard. Yes, yes. Oh, I could go on and on. But let's let's have you ask a question. (laughs) It's all you. It's all about you. No, 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 no. It is not. (laughs) Nobody wants so. The reason I, I always do the spew about being such gendered and white is like, this is a space that I want to give up because I feel like people of privilege don't know they have a privilege. And right. you still learn little things about like that every single day. And um, like shit you take for granted, like um, 
don't know, just going to shopping. And, you know, then I think about like trans women who get clocked when they go to like the women's side on Macy's. I'm like, ah, yes, I've Mm -hmm. never had to think about that before. So no, this is about your experience. And I love talking about musicals. Uh, My family group, my, (laughs) my father has this great story about how he was the captain in HMS Pinafore at Draper High, Draper Junior High School, because he's old. <laughs> <laughs> and when he was 13, that's his claim to fame. So always growing up with music. Um, we had um, we had the cast version of um, Fiddler on the Roof. So I grew up with that. Okay. Always. <laughs> yeah, that's a great cast album. <laughs> oh, so good. See, I I was bullied out of high school, so I didn't really have any outlet but those albums. And, um, and, 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 you know, I would always sing along. I would never just lip sync, but I would dance my heart out to every, you know, I had all kinds of, you know, I didn't know what the steps were called. I still don't. I have pretty much two left feet. I just, I'm (laughs) able to stand pretty much. I have a sense of rhythm, I guess. But yeah, you can stand pretty. That's that's how I faked it sometimes. I, you know. (laughs) If you just make pretty hands while you're staying still, people will just yep. be messy. <laughs> <laughs> and we had talked too that you had want you had actually wanted to do some formal dancing when you were growing up. Yes, but like like high school age or a little younger. I, no, I, my gosh, it was it was even younger. Yeah, even younger. I don't know if I was in school even, um, but certainly that um, you know five to six, you know, I, you know, I started school l- late because my birthday is early in the year. And mm. so, uh, you know, my birthday, Carmi's birthday is June 13th, 1999. And that's the one I celebrate because she's only 22. Really? <laughs> oh, well, I don't yeah, celebrate obviously. my own. <laughs> yeah, You're going to be 20. Un- yeah, yeah. My number's unlisted. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I, uh, I, yeah, I, I do everything now like by her by her age but yeah no five six years old I remember um just pleading with my parents to send me to dance class with the girl across the street and she would come home from her dance class and show me everything but oh. uh you know I really wanted to take off in in uh I've always wanted to be a dancer and it's just unfortunate that I didn't get that chance mm. but um I, you know I always followed somebody else's path you know that I thought not that they ever put me on one but I just thought how can I you know, I did a lot because I did a lot for, um, I, I don't want to say to impress, but because of other people's um, impressions that I, you know, I wanted them, my parents to be proud of me. I wanted, you know, I, I, I did everything for any, everybody else until 2001, until September 11, 2001. That is when I decided to live my own life. And it really has worked out uh, marvelously. So, um but yeah, way back then, yeah, I've always had the desire to, um, you know, be in, f- not in front of an audience, because I always just thought I would be a gypsy, uh, somebody in the ah. background. Like, yeah, I never wanted to yeah. be in the front. I knew that I would be a great dancer, anything that I, I, you know, and I'd probably be a lot better singer because of all the professional lessons <laughs> I would have had. <laughs> but um, hey, anyway, for self-taught, yeah. you're very good for self-taught. I well, think you have a nice voice. <laughs> it's from singing along with all those Broadway albums. You know, you get to you get to mimic these artists' um, patterns of holding notes and uh, even phrasing and um, emoting. You know, all that that goes into a great Broadway show tune or stopper. Even is um, if if you're 
blessed to be in the presence of these artists. I mean, it's really um, an amazing feat that they can, you know, do what they do. But on an album, it's always so home run all the time, you know? Yeah. And uh, and so, but you just kind of mimic those people. And, um, you know, I can, I, I, I choose to say, and this is what I say when people to, to any, no, no one's really ever been that harsh of a critic to me, but my, my, argument would be is, well, I'm a person who likes to sing. I don't claim to be a singer. So your argument is, I, I kind of agree with you. So it's kind of like, how can I, you know, I'd rather just enjoy what I do. And it, and it, when that, when you do that, um, so many other people enjoy what you do. And those, those few critics that are out there and believe me, I have faced them. Um, one in particular was it's a it's a super funny story but um anyway so i until drag i uh always cared what people thought of me after drag mm -hmm. not so much <laughs> i think if people recognize you have passion and you're loving what you're doing then that kind of negates the well you can't really i mean it never stopped anybody like for me, I, I like listen to a lot of punk rock. That's what I grew up on. And none of those guys could sing. They can't even play guitar. I mean, the Beatles completely self-taught. I don't necessarily think Ringo Starr has the best voice. And he's certainly not a great drummer. But enthusiasm and it's passion. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and just even in his case, being a part of something um, so big makes uh, brings out the best in you. And so, you know. He, he, I, you know, I never really was a big fan of um, music. I'm still a big fan of Broadway music. I, I don't know. You know, don't don't get me going on. I mean, I, of course, I've checked off all the important divas to keep me yes. in the club. You know, Cher, Madonna, Cher. you know, Shirley Bassey, you know. Oh, oh my God, I love Shirley Bassey. Divas. Oh, oh she's Summer. so amazing. Oh, Donna. Yes. You miss Donna Summer. Yeah. Oh, she was so beautiful and amazing. I don't have the Babs checked. I don't have Babs checked off. <laughs> I like her, but I'm just not, you know, I'm not a huge fan. But I, of course, Judy Garland, you know, once you have that, you're kind of like in the club for good. They can't kick you out. They can't revoke your and gay card. not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, and I'm actually I'm curious because I'm very, I'm, I'm, I explain it to people. I'm in introverted extrovert like I, I do have to do the switch when I do things like this okay. and I also do a lot of outreach in the community and like all right get centered click um when when you were doing um karaoke was it a bit because that's how you got your start was karaoke correct well that's how I that's how I became like um endeared you know that's how I that's when yeah. my exposure you know that's when the the effect of um, you know, because before that, from June 13th, 1999, until I got my karaoke show, which happened to be June 14th, 2001. So the Friday after 9-11. Um, so between those couple of years, I only did a few shows. No one really knew what to do with me because I sang. And, um, and so I didn't do a lot of shows. Mm. I was, you know, I did my mother's show. Isn't that kind of stuff? But um, I, I would say there was probably... In two years, I probably did less than 10 shows. Wow. Yeah. So in the beginning, it, it wasn't until karaoke. And that's, I mean, so yes, 20 years is a long time in one career. But if you think about drag on a continuum, to think that 
1999 to 2001, you had to lip sync and it had to be popular songs. And that just blows my mind because people coming up now, younger kids, much I'm in my 40s. <laughs> uh, I wish I was in my 20s. <laughs> uh-huh, right. Well, that's why my number's unlisted. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to keep it too. <laughs> um, but it, people have no concept because drag is really ever-changing now, which is wonderful. But to think that that singing live was an oddity back in 2001, that's crazy. Well, well, June 13th, 99. Is, I came oh, out sorry, singing. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I, you know, I, it wasn't, um, I, you know, I didn't walk around town like I'm different and I'm someone and I'm, and I'm something. Um, I'm not that kind of in your face person and I've never been. And Carmi Hope will never be that in your face. I don't walk into a room commanding attention as Carmi Hope. I'm not saying, you know, the, a lot of drag queens, all they have to do is walk in a room and they, oh, right. um, they get this attention. Uh, I do too, but I, I don't, um, I don't command it. And I'm not saying other people do either. I just don't, I, I would almost repel it like, Oh, stop, you know, don't make, you know, don't make such a big fuss where others would be like, yes, darlings. Yes. I mean, here, <laughs> you know, so I'm still kind of a wallflowerish type of person. I'll never get over that. Right. right. But, but yeah, but you brought something, as you say, you were in the, your niche at the time. Yeah, yeah. well, yes, I, you know, I just wanted to, um, it was all just happenstance because it was, I was doing it for the Capital Pride Singers fundraising committee I had joined and they were doing a drag show for the chorus and I just wanted to get involved. And that's how I met my drag mother, Amanda Love. And, um, yeah, you know, that's cute. really, I got, the, I got the pun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of great drag queens who have those wonderful names. Uh, you know, they're just fabulous. Frida Manchon, that's, uh, you know. I love her. She's yes. so fucking funny. <laughs> and then uh, one one of my really good friends, her name was Trajique. Oh, she I was love fabulous. It. She was Did fabulous. She wear, but, hopefully they wore a beret. And, and like well, she kind older. of, no, she always looked amazing, but, you know, she just spelled her name tragic, but she was Trajique. Oh. And here I am thinking of like a French chanteuse. No, no. It's not that deep. <laughs> no, it's not that deep. I created a character named uh, Deborah Rhiannon Heap, and her friends just call her Debris. <laughs> I still have the wig in my basement. <laughs> Is she white trash? No, she's got a curly, oh. curly wig, blonde, platinum blonde wig. It's curly, it's big. Um, she's got a, uh, she dumpster dived. So she's got mismatched Ooh, oh. kind of like um, cogs for earrings. She's got a mouse belt and, or some other kind of big um, cable <laughs> belt you'd find in a computer. Uh, pl- she wears a plastic bag and she's, uh, she's, I've only done her like maybe twice. And she sings um, Crazy uh, and fun. Delta Dawn and um, Angie Baby. Those are her three songs. Oh, I would love to see that. A lot of fun. Oh my gosh. I got to bring her Uh, out again. Maybe for Halloween. For Halloween, I could bring her out. That would be fun. Oh my God, yeah? Yes, yeah. I'm going to do it. Yay, I'm glad you decided. (laughs) Deborah, Rhiannon, and Heap, but our friends just call her Debris. (laughs) 
craft Carney. Like, because I've noticed that like you refine and you refine, you figure out what the audience is responding to and what they're not. And um, maybe just a little tweak here on the wig and just a little, oh, maybe a little more in here. And how, how did that evolve? Well, my look evolved simply because I can't keep a wig on my head. And so that's why you have flowing locks. Yes. And I I use my own hair. I pin it up. I leave it down. I, you know, I I can't do much with it because, you know, my shoulders ache just from rolling it up. But um, uh, I, I would sweat and I sweat. So, so when I wore a wig, I would, the, the sweat would like all of a sudden, run down my face in a big river, you know, and sometimes it would flip off my, and it was just, I'm, I'm just a sweater. And oh, so no. <laughs> uh, I couldn't wear wigs anymore. And, uh, you know, my look hasn't really evolved. Um, I, I can't, I can't say that it's from laziness, but it's, it's or a lack of talent. It's probably a mix of the two, <laughs> but um, I, I, I don't know. I just don't give myself enough time to, and I don't play enough with makeup to create a new look. Like mm. I work all day Friday and then I, I pretty much come home, um, shave, get ready, grab my stuff. And then I run to the bar uh, and I try to get there for six o'clock for a nine o'clock karaoke show. So it takes me, it takes me longer than three hours to get ready. And that would include right. cleaning up my mess too. You know, t- it takes a good four hours to, from like all of it including packing up your mess. If you're getting ready outside of your own home, you know, just leave it on the table for if you're home, but yeah, (laughs) it takes a while to, to get ready and to really, and I don't know how these young uh, artists are doing it. They create these amazing looks. I'm always blown away by, by the drag Queens, uh, you know, that are coming up. I'm just blown away. Now I've seen champagne live and Holy crap. Well, she's from, but the generation, you know, I'm at the tail end of her generation. Yeah, really? she looks amazing. Yeah, Champagne started well before me. She came up in the, uh, I want to say, the early 90s for sure. Oh, wow. For sure. I, I would say like maybe 90, like 94, maybe oh 96. I wasn't you going were... out to the bars then. Right. Because you were underage. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So look has not changed, but uh, has the pattern changed? Has the, has the, like the singing, I mean, not your singing style, but maybe like, do you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I think, You're, I don't think I've changed much. I think certainly mm-hmm. I've added new music because I can't just sing the same, you know, five, six songs. I have 109 songs that I pretty much do know the lyrics to. Ooh. Cold. I mean, you know, I might have to glance up at the screen a little bit, but not much. And a lot of songs and a different um, styled songs, you know, some country music, some um, classic music. I mean, classic, um, even rock, uh, but classic kind of pop music, not today's Mm. pop, unfortunately. But I did learn Ariana Grande's. uh, uh, What's the name of the song? This is the ba-ba-dee-da-da. Yeah, a break free, break free okay, by okay, Ariana yes, okay. Grande. Yes. I thought I sung that at uh, Schenectady Pride this year because Champagne invited me to be a part of it. So yeah. um, the idea was <laughs> this goes just goes to show you how simple my mind is as far as um, planning, uh, you know, uh, 
a look, uh, and I feel a theme, an idea behind a costume. A theme, okay. So, yeah. So the theme for, for Schenectady Pride was um, the future is now. And so uh-huh. I go to this Ariana Grande song because the video is like in the future. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. well, I always like that song. And I'll just, because the, you know, but then I just wore whatever I wanted to wear for pride. You know, it wasn't some kind of space outfit or just, so it was all just kind of mismatched. I just wanted to do it all. I wanted to wear um, black and brown, the new colors for pride. And I did my makeup in the trans flag colors, you know, the blue oh, and the pink cool. and the white. And so Lovely. I incorporated yeah, I incorporated everything about pride in my outfit, but then my song was <laughs> break free because it had this silly theme to the video and it kind of fit the theme of the show. But I learned that song. I gave myself um, just enough time to learn it. And I sang Living Daylights out of that song and uh, the crowd was going wild. And so, oh, I love um, that. so nothing has really changed in the way that I do my shtick just mm. the music has changed i would say you know yeah. and the message has changed because 22 years a lot has happened you know socially um and that kind of thing you know truthfully when i started doing karaoke on september 14th after, right after 9 11 the day you know the friday after 9 11 i wow. um horrible horrible I, week it, it was. wasn't it was i mean i just was like but i had committed to doing it and they were like we're doing this carney and i was I wasn't well known, but I was um, known within the bar community because every time that I was in a show for a fundraiser or something, you know, I was a presence because I sang. So everybody kind of knew me, uh, you know, in that not in the community so much, I don't think more so in the in the bars, uh, you know, the owners and the the bartenders and that kind of thing. Right. And um, and so when I started, I asked all my friends to come out. I'm like, I'm starting this new thing. I'm frightened to death and uh, I need people around me. So thank goodness everybody that was in my close nucleus came. And, uh, but I was watching and everybody else practically a stranger. I was watching everybody coming into the bar. Did they have a knapsack and, and what were they doing and who were they sitting with? And did they come? I was watching Ooh. that room like a hawk for weeks, for weeks because yeah. I was petrified of um of of domestic terrorism because of what you know back then what what was being said of you're you're either with us or against us and uh, it was just a horrible time you know a mistrusting time for me because i the trust is the most important thing uh the most important gift i can give to anyone is my trust uh love it comes very easy for me to give i i I can love people that I don't really like much. I can love them first yeah. before I can can honestly say I don't like them. But trust, I can't I can't give them that. Respect, yeah. very easy to give to as long as you give that back to me. You don't have to love me, but you can leave me alone if you don't love me. But at least, and by leaving me alone, that shows me that you can at least respect me. And um, and trust, well, that's a whole nother issue. You can always trust me. <laughs> You know, I'm I'm one of those people so that you can tell something something to, and it never goes any further. And most okay. of the times, they just forget what you what what people confide in me because it's really none of my business. They just want to get it off their chest and um, get a hug out of it. Or if they ask me a question, I'm willing to answer it. Um, and then it's pretty the much it's sealed. Yeah, it's well, it's forgotten. You know, as far mm-hmm. and, and yeah. until I see them again. 
it's I just kind of forget about it. It's not it's not my it's not my um, story. It's not my life. It's not what's happening to me. Right. So anyway, I'm a very <laughs> a trusting person. And that's that's my point is it's the most important gift um, at, to give and to and to give and to receive. So mm. anyway, did you have the same feeling after the Pulse nightclub incident of that? I'm on edge. And this could happen literally anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. Yes. Yes, totally. I, and I still, and today, unfortunately, those feelings come up because it's, it's such a random act by a uh, local yokel who loses it. And they, they um, are filled with so much hate that they just take it out on, on the first pre- people they despise the most. And so, yes, yeah. you know, in, in today's, even today's time, but, um, you know, Pulse happened on my birthday, June, oh my June 13th. Oh and, God, um, oh. and, um, and everyone was like, oh, you know, this is going to affect your, uh, you know, how, how you feel about your birthday. I'm like, that's a totally different experience you know i can i can have many different emotions on the same day on my life as a yeah. roller coaster exactly. so it's not you know no no it's certainly not it's certainly not um but it's there's certainly a, a more somber um moment to the day certainly yeah yeah i i just um i remember talking to a lot of people in the community especially younger people and they're just like i don't know should we be buying bulletproof vests um i I don't feel like going to i mean you know granted for people listening we have very few queer bars in the area and people were i I remember there was like a dip it's like yeah people don't really feel like going out on saturday night at the moment just for out of fear that some self-loathing gay person is gonna come in and you know slaughter everyone right You don't, you, you don't know. That's what I mean. It's, it's, a. it's like, like there was one story of, uh, and I don't even think it was anything to, to be gay related. Some guy was pumping his gas. The next thing you know, he shot and killed. I mean, when you hear things like that, it's just like there, but for the grace of God. And when is this going to stop? That's, that's, you know, that's the biggest question. When is this going to stop? Um, anyway anyway <laughs> june, june 13th this year my birthday this year um waterworks and rocks shut down central avenue we had a big block party a big yep. pride block party it was a huge event especially after covid so um that's what i mean you know the the day there's lots of days that you know that that they just mean so many different things you know absolutely yeah and i think yeah, I think particularly um, we have a really like there's a strong sense of resiliency in in outside communities, in fringe communities, mm-hmm. and Certainly. it's it's so lovely to be part of everything, you know. I agree. It, it's bigger than every you know all of us. So <laughs> you have to get involved in some way, and um, whether it be you know your own. Uh, you know, your own interactions with just the people that you know, it doesn't have to be some um, social media blitz on your own part. It can just be getting your point across to the people that you know, because 
they may not um that you might enlighten them you know a, a, right. a spark could go off in them uh and then um you know the rest is just just like you they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on <laughs> and, so, and so, on. so on i remember that commercial <laughs> i we uh, we were joking around where i work and we are like hey maybe we should do a commercial like so and so is syphilis, and they give it to their friend. It's about syphilis is no laughing matter either. No, either STDs are are on the rise too. But oh, it yeah. always bothers me that um, uh, you know the no your the knowledge is out there for people to to um, sift through, and um, when you choose to just go through with blinders and fingers crossed. It's going to be scary. I, I I just figure it's going to yeah. be scary. I don't know because I don't do that. I, I kind of gather up information, but I can't imagine just going through life with, you know, I hope I get through this. I hope I can, you know, you know that kind of, that's how I would be anyway. Be like, oh my God, I hope I can get through this. I think that just because it's a generational thing, it really is because um, HIV decimated so many young gay mm -hmm. people, just like took out, just I don't know the number. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm not sure about the number either. Um, so I, 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 for you, were you of a mindset like because I know you've been with your partner for many, many years. Thirty-two years now. Wow, that's more than most straight people, <laughs> right? <laughs> or pseudo straight? I don't know. <laughs> that's a different conversation. Married <laughs> people. So that's that guy that went to the bathhouse. Yeah, he went to church with his family the next day. Uh, right, right. <laughs> anyway, um, but but did that sense of all right, I want to nest and just be with one person. Did, was that um, a feeling you got from the HIV crisis, or was it? Or do you think that's you just? Are a romantic and you wanted to meet that one person. Well, it's no, it's even, I don't know if it's any of that for me. Um, sex, sex was, um, always the last thing on my mind. I, I never thought about it in high school. I just didn't think about it. And I mean, I lost my virginity at 19. Um, and so even when I, you know, was closeted, it didn't really bother me because I just didn't, I wasn't thinking about the sexual part of anything. I, I, I it was, you know, I'm almost, um, I, I've never led a sheltered life, but I've always, you know, kind of like kept myself, um, you know, kind of excluded from things. A lot mm -hmm. of it was, like I say, in, in high school was because I was bullied. But um, I think as, it, you know, in my um, younger years, I was molested as a child. And oh. so just never really, um, you know, that whole kind of getting too close to people took me a long time to get um, comfortable with someone. And um, now that's not to say that I didn't have, you know, these sexual experiences pop up, like my very first um, gay experience it was kind of like a, a pop-up is that's that's not the right word to use but that's kind of what happened it was kind of like a a very kind of spontaneous um event it wasn't um you know it was it was just it, ha it was like my last night in town as it were and so, uh, yeah, so this it's a it's a it's a story that goes on and on and on but um suffice to say 
you know, sex has never been um, a, a driving force for me. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't really worry about um, AIDS and HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, you know, there was, there were times when, I mean, I came out certainly then, but um, the times that I did and I, you know, engage in that kind of um, sexual behavior, it was very few and far between, but always protected. And mm-hmm. so um, I never really liked it. So that kind of like anal pleasure that didn't, yeah. you know, that's not for so you. I, I closed that road down quickly. And, uh, and then I just kind of, you know, had just was with my friends. I always enjoyed the company of my friends more than I did, um, being naked with somebody. It's, it's just a, it's a hurdle that it's too high to, um, just kind of walk up to and jump over. You really have to get a good running start. And, um, it's like the wall in the ninja, um, American ninja series, that wall that you have to jump up. (laughs) And um, you really have to, you know, propel yourself over it. And for me, that took months and months. And, um, uh, you know, and when I met Howard, he was kind of in the same, I guess we were just kind of like two kayaks that kind of connected eventually. After six months of dating, we finally got intimate and neither of us were in a big hurry. And um, we just got to know each other. And... All of that. So it was a very slow and, dare I say, romantic. That's a courtship. <laughs> it's courtship. Yeah, it yes. was a courtship. And, uh, and it, that's why I think it's, it's um, there's good and bad. You know, he lives in Florida now, so that's the best mm-hmm. thing for any marriage is nine state lines. But, <laughs> you know, I do miss, we do miss each other very much, and we do um, love each other and, more importantly, trust each other immensely. You know, yeah. we're, we're a monogamous couple. And um, and like I said, you know, it's probably, you know, maybe if I were more promiscuous, I would find it harder to be monogamous with him being so far away. But the trust is just something that I treasure. And, and without, you know, not having um, that uh, gift be treasured would be beyond um, what I could bear. Right. And so... How often do you see each other? Well, pre-pandemic, we would see each other three or four times a year. And he came up on our um, anniversary, our 10th year uh, wedding anniversary, uh, and we uh, renewed our vows. Well, I should say I renewed my vows. He had to write his. His vows were, thank you for loving me. And and our um, the the minister who was officiating our our Mm -hmm. ceremony went like this. And I'm like, he's done. I was infuriated. <laughs> I said to brevity him. Is, brevity is the soul of wit, apparently. <laughs> so say it's Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, I had him do a little bit more for our 10th year wedding anniversary. I'm like, I'm just going to repeat what I said, but you better come up with something else and you're going first. <laughs> so... <laughs> Howard. <laughs> and it was beautiful. And it was and it was and it was beautiful. It really was. And so um, but after that was um that was October of twenty nineteen and I just saw him in July. So for eighteen months we um talk on the phone. Right. Um and then I would FaceTime him on Friday nights during the um 
pandemic, you know, the shutdown, I was doing karaoke online. And so I would FaceTime him after I would get done with my karaoke show on Friday nights. I would never FaceTime him like, like you're seeing me. This is, you know, too much. I need a pound of makeup on my face. (laughs) Gotta look your best. Yes. Um, that's actually very cool that you were able, excuse me, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you were able to pivot your show, your karaoke show from going from live venues to online. Did, was it like, did you have like that brainstorm or did you, other people suggest it to you or? Yeah, no, Frida Munchan was doing it. She had started ah. the show in, um, in March. I think she started in March, uh, this Facebook live show. And she would just do like a, you know, half hour, 40 minutes and talk and sing a couple of songs. And then uh, I'm like, oh, that looks like so much fun. And I needed to do drag. Drag is something that for me, it's, it's, it's uh, like Carmi Hope is my therapist. So uh-huh. I get to, I get to you know, kind of escape from myself for a little bit, whether it be two or three times a week or just once a week. And, um, and then I can, you know, just get anything off my chest and and belting out tunes and, and speaking my mind. And um, I can't do that at a karaoke live show with singers waiting to sing because that would be unfair. But certainly during my karaoke show, and, and I said to Frida, well, how, you know, how easy is that? That looks like it's an impossible thing. She said, nope, you just sign on, get onto Facebook. There's a little button you push to go live. You hit it. Next thing you know, you're live. I'm like, no way. And so that's how, that's how I'm a copycat. You know, I, I don't, um, I don't, uh, I, I, you know, it's, 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 I guess I'm more of a dinosaur or, or, or um, I don't get technology. I'm kind of, uh, oh, a Luddite. you're a Luddite. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or let out. <laughs> like as a get the let out. And and people were able to tip you as well from your life? Uh, I don't I, I don't know if I have a Venmo. Like I don't know. No, I don't ask oh, people okay. to tip me. I you know, I still have I always was working. I didn't have um any kind of break in any in, in my normal routine during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It was just day in day out for me um so it was an it was a um artistic drive then you're just like carmy's gotta come out even if it's just once a week yes i needed to do it for my own um mental health personal Mm -hmm. health and spiritual health certainly all of those internal things that um keep me uh um balanced and in tune you have a quick wit was that something that you had to learn like I'm assuming maybe in the early days you had hecklers because no, never. That's good. Uh, oh no, no. I, you know, I've always had a quick wit. I thought that's where you were going with this. No, no that's, that's what I meant. Yeah. 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 No, no I mean, I, I, cause sometimes me, you know, I, I'm one of those people who is just like, Oh, I thought the perfect insult like five days later. <laughs> Oh, well, that's always the case, you, you know, if you, if you can edit, but no, no, I'm good at, uh, if somebody wants to, you know, uh, zing me, it depends on if I agree, I agree upon, I'll just t- briefly tell this story about this one critic. We were doing, Frida and I, Frida Munchon and I were doing a show in Schenectady and we were, we were, 
we couldn't be more, more bare bones. We were singing from a boom box with CD without oh, microphones. And so we were just kind of singing to this, you know, and I don't know how it all worked out, but it was working out just fine. So you so had to project anyway, from like the yeah, bottom yes, of your dining that's room. Right. But it wasn't a very big room anyway. It was a very kind of good sized room, but it wasn't, you know, and it was very open. So your voice really did carry. Nice. And, um, and this was probably three years ago. And uh, so this guy walks in, it's a, it's a restaurant. So he comes in for something to eat and he's apparently bombed. And, mm. you know, we started at 11 o'clock. We I think we were going from like 11 to one, something like that. In the and, morning? Um, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need it, a nap. It, it was a brunch. It was a brunch, like a brunch thing on, on a oh, Sunday. Okay. Oh, right okay. across, there was a, some kind of fair going on in front of the city hall in Schenectady, and we were at some restaurant right in that block. In that yeah. Down. Anyway, so this guy walks in, and he sits down, and um, I'm belting, and, you know, we're singing, and so, you know, and with karaoke music, there's always a lull. There's the 10-second lull while the the graphics come up and the, this is coming up and then all of a sudden the music will, will start. Well, anyway, so I'm telling the story of um, the, the song I'm about to sing and um, going on about how, you know, this woman is um, just has got the perfect man. She's, she's just refusing to give him up. She's not going to let him go. She's, you know, and he says to me, uh, and I, and I, I hit to, I, I go like this to Jim and I, and he's gonna, he starts playing the music. So I'm talking during it. So all of a sudden this guy says to me, you sang flat. Now this is like, I mean, I literally have like two seconds and it's not like nobody didn't hear him. Everybody wow. heard him say it to me. And I said, I know. And, and I am telling you, I'm not going. You know, it was that song, and I'm just. Oh my like, god! And I'm like, you're, I wanted to say, I know you're. I I couldn't say any more than I know. I wanted to say, I'm sorry, I offended your, you know, your your sensitive ears. You know, I wanted to say more, but he didn't give. If he had insulted me at the beginning of all of that, mm -hmm. I would have laid him out in lavender. But instead, I have to agree with him. I do sing flat. I, I'm the first to know it, admit it, and but I can put all of this other layers of stuff on top of it or underneath it that it brings it up so that for me, it's perfect pitch. Yeah, no, and you know what too, that just by you saying that and carrying on, it's probably good enough that he wasn't gonna, gonna keep hassling you through your yeah. number. And what an emotional song too. That's got oh, all yes. the highs and lows. And I, and I even, but then I was even selling it even more. I mean, I was real. I, mean, I love to sell that epic. song. Yeah, I was giving it to him. <laughs> you want flat? Here you go. <laughs> I don't think a lot of younger people realize how Dream Girls is not a new, um, um, sorry, brain fart, musical. But right. I think it was uh, late seventies, early eighties, right? I, I think it was. I think it was like seventy. Yeah, I think it was like seventy-eight, seventy-nine, even. Yeah, yeah. So, children, eighty. You go and do your homework. Listen to Shirley Bassey. Right. <laughs> Listen to some old cast recordings because you can. I mean, music is. You can find music anywhere you want now. Exactly. Yeah. One I, of the exciting things about living in the modern era. I have to agree with you totally, 100%.
my mom, I shouldn't make this about me, but you'll appreciate this. So my <laughs> mother um, is, we always just grew up with music. Always, always, always. We, we, none of us can sing, but we all do anyway. And um, I always, <laughs> uh, we put her on our Apple account. And I was like, what, if you want to make a playlist or you ever want to listen to something, you know, you can do it now. And she's like, do you think Manhattan transfers on Apple Music? I'm like, that's not that old. <laughs> right. I can just type in whatever Manhattan transfer song I want. And I can listen to it. Yes. Mother, yeah. yes I know. It's it really is great. And even YouTube, you can get to watch some of those old um, Dick Cavett specials. I loved um, Andorra, you know. Uh, oh, gosh, what is her name? Ugh. Agnes Moorhead? Yes, Agnes Moorhead. I love she's, her. She's such a wonderful actress in, in, all these, in all these Turner Classic movies that she's done. Mm. But then you see her on Dick Cavett just being herself, and she's just amazing and marvelous and just so funny and you know she's just i don't know you that's what i like about uh the internet too is these that kind of stuff you get, really get to um you don't have to just go to new york to the museum of television and you know right. to see clips anymore uh she she's i'm i like her better than samantha on the witch i always uh, thought and dora was just she's just like so it's mm, a word alluring like she yeah. comes in and you're like oh yeah i want to be her i want to dress in that mumu i want to have hair flipped up like uh -huh. that and be a total <laughs> asshole to everybody and they and they all love her. and they did all love her <laughs> i wanted to be samantha though i just love i've always been i think i've always been maternal you know kind mm -hmm. of caring about other people always i think you know that's my mother's influence on me just she she really was um a true um angel and uh, and i think that you know having that uh, that influence always uh in my heart really helped mm -hmm. you know but yeah i've always been that type of person that caring and considerate so you you're more of a sandy than a rizzo I am more of a Sandy than a Rizzo. <laughs> I love Grease. I will never understand why she had a change for Danny, but you know, whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm definitely a Rizzo. <laughs> I, I well, know, I I... Yeah, I would have changed for Danny. You know. Would you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I never realized how truly dirty all of the lyrics are to most of those songs until I was an adult. I'm like, I can't believe that we had this record. Now went around singing uh, lightning. <laughs> I have no business singing that song. <laughs> I was like, how old was I? I think we got that record and I was like four, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the time for sure. Those, you know. <laughs> That's the thing about music. It, it really brings you right back to the, the happiest of memories. I mean, I, I guess it can bring you back to the worst of memories too, but yeah. um, I choose to always try and look on the light side, the bright side, the funny side. You know, I even you in those to. darkest moments, you have to find humor in some, in, in, in some way, um, laugh about something, you know? Yeah. So if you're having a shit day and you're just in a bad mood, do you put a record on and start singing along? 
I don't even need the record. You just do it like, okay, I'm in a bad mood. I got to sing it out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I will. I will sing. Uh, yeah, exactly. My, my, uh, a lot of my favorite that. songs. That's one of my, you know, and I am telling you is one of those great um, songs to get that release out. That's a good one. You know, I love, and the world goes round from New York, New York, Liza Minnelli, you know, any Judy Garland now you can, I mean, I just love to belt out songs, but I will also um, just, you know, sing uh, at 17, you know, uh, just, I just uh. love that. And, and uh, I'll sing while I'm mowing the lawn, I'll, I don't have any music in my ear, but I'm uh, I'm singing along to the record. So I don't know. Yeah, I have and a I'll, uh, <laughs> no, you don't. You have eclectic taste, and that's what makes the world go round. Yes, you know? right. Wouldn't it, God, how boring would it be if we were all listening to the same thing at the same uh, time? And yeah, uh, well, you got to if if it could ever be like that you know i mean where we seem to be teetering on the edge of something who knows but be ashamed yeah. to lose all our freedoms and our you know not our just you know our white privileges but our our uh, american privileges absolutely carmy you're such a joy and i thank really you. thank you so so much for doing this and this is so, this is very DIY and I'm still getting an audience, but I'm glad you were able to come on and speak with me and yeah. sing a little. And, um, so for the people out there, where can they find Miss Carmi Hope if they wanted to see her live? Well, you can see me at Rocks, which is 77 Central Avenue on Friday night, starting at nine o'clock. That's where I do my karaoke show. Uh, I'm not really, I haven't been on Facebook for quite a while since Howard left actually. Um, so, but I, I do plan on getting on my Facebook page, which is Carmi Hope. And then, uh, that's pretty much it. I'll put all of that information in my show notes so that people can find you and laugh and sing along. Uh, do you do sing-alongs with your karaoke or do you just like, this is my time or? Well, I, I, you know, I used to be more of a karaoke whore when it, when before pre-pandemic, I would like at the, at the end of every round, I would do three songs because a lot of people would come just to see me. They wouldn't right. really do karaoke. So I would entertain the whole crowd, but specifically sing songs for these people. And then at the end of any, every round now, post-pandemic, I open the show and I close the show and I let everybody else do all the singing. And I just get people up and sing. I don't, I, I really don't want it to be about me because, you know, people have been cooped up for so long. Yeah, it's a so, shared experience that you're giving everybody. But I sing a lot of songs that people sing along with. And, and people will sing along to, I've, I'm hearing more people sing along to other people's songs. So it is becoming kind of a sing-along karaoke night on its oh, own. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Someday, someday when I get a disco nap in, uh, I... Go out. Okay. Yeah. I like, know. Nine, 9 p.m. I have my pajamas on and my face mask. I know, right? If only. No, I I enjoy it too much. Yeah. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you again for being part yeah, of the so show. Thank you for thinking of me and, and and including me in your experiment. Thank you. And uh, feedback back makes the show better. So please email me at birdsandpeas at gmail .com and you can give me some feedback or if you'd like to share your experience, please open invitation for anyone that's listening. And if you, you want to have me back on, so I'm happy to oh join my God, you. Yes. 
hell yeah so. that would be lovely we can <laughs> we can start singing uh, it, it'll just be um 12 seconds because that's what um i think it is so there's public domain songs because right right but yeah, the ones that you don't pay for you can only do 12 seconds so we'll do like 50 12 second songs i can do that i can do that <laughs> 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 you can also find the show on Instagram at Birds and Beast Pod and uh, be kind to yourself. I mean that. And thank you and have a good night, Carney. I appreciate you. Do not so. Take care. Good night. Bye.